You're listening to the Couch Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Billingsley, firefighter engineer here at Couch Fire. And today, I'm speaking with Lieutenant Lane Roderick. You went to school here in Couch. I graduated in 2015. So how long have you been on the Couch Fire Department? I've been on for, it'll be six years, this coming July. My dad's side of the family grew up in Couch. So you grew up in Couch. Uh, you graduated, what year did you say? 2015. You graduated Couch High School in 2015, and did you join right after high school, during high school? Uh, how did you start your career here at Couch Fire? I started in the year, my junior year, which was in 2014. I got on, or I put my application in on my birthday in July, when I, as soon as I turned 18. Then that August, I started the academy. That lasted six months. So you were going to school and doing academy yes. at the same time? Yeah. Go to school during the day, then three nights a week, I had academy till 10 o'clock at night. Now, did you finish it your junior year or did it carry over to your senior year? It finished that summer between my junior and senior year. So going into my senior year, I had already had my academy class and certifications I need to ride a fire truck. So then my senior year is when I became a full-fledged firefighter on the fire department. So you said you joined the fire department as a, a cadet or a probie, and you went to the academy during your junior year. Yes. What caused you to want to get into the fire service? Some people, it's, you know, the, the girls think it's cool because you got a fireman's t-shirt on, but <laughs> a lot of the times it's it's other real reasons. What's, what's some of the real reasons? I mean, who doesn't want to ride a fire truck going lights and sirens down the road? But uh, no, honestly, it was my dad. He got got on in early 90s, I believe. He was on for 24 years. When I was little, he was a lieutenant at the time. And then when he retired, he was captain. Then I got on my junior year because of him. I always enjoyed coming around. I can remember parades, riding on top of the fire truck, throwing candy out. That was the best part of my summer. As a young guy, your dad was on the department. Yes. Grew up knowing what the fire service actually was about, uh, what was expected, because you saw your dad leave in the night, you know, or mm -hmm. during holidays, that kind of stuff. So you you were pretty much well aware of what was expected. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, most I could. I can remember always being excited every time I hear his pager go off. When uh, back in the day, when they used to have the big blue lights, I can remember how cool it looked. It's him flying down the driveway middle of the night. And it's blue light just flashing off the buildings. I always thought that was cool. I, I loved to watch it. Then there was a couple calls where I got to go be with him on a little brush fire, grass fire that he went to. And I just remember sitting in the truck thinking how cool that was. Wish I could do that one day. And here you are. Yeah. Been here six years in July. Yes. And in that time, what are some of the jobs or job functions that you've served through when you first started, I mean, we already said you were a probie or a rookie. <laughs> After that, when you became a full-fledged fireman, voted on, had your certs, ready to go, hit the truck, you're good to go. What are some of the things that you did since then? I kind of started following around our officers at the time. So Chief, Jeremy, I'd, whatever he needed, i do, or I'd try to do. i try to learn from these guys the best I could, and I'm still learning today. Once I got something learned, I started teaching other guys. That was the best way I could learn. I did that for, see, I was on six, three years, and then two year, it'd be two years in April, I'll be a lieutenant. So you, you spent time not only learning what's expected. Yes. Learn techniques. You learn tradition. 
Uh, you learned what the Brotherhood actually was inside the firehouse. Did you ever drive the trucks? Did you operate the trucks? Yeah. I, that was probably one of the first things I started learning was how to pump the trucks. And driving to me just came natural. Those I drove trucking trailers my whole life. So pretty much what these trucks are. They're right. big. But um, it was probably my second year in is when I really started to learn how to pump. And I got to a point now where I'm comfortable teaching other people how to pump. So I, I don't want to say I was an engineer because that's a big role to fill. It's nice now seeing and teaching people, watching them grow. And you can tell what people are pulled to. And so there's people I can see they want that. So I'm trying to teach them the best I can to my best of my capability. And along the way, I mean, not only are you as a lieutenant instructing guys on what tools are, how to probably use them to continue their training that they're getting at the Mac or the Academy. So they're coming back and you're taking them and showing them how to fine tune those things. Correct. And along the way, you're also learning because now you're finding new ways and new techniques. Mm -hmm. You're, you're using that information from your captains, your chiefs to further along their education and what they're doing. Correct. Now, in the time that you've been here, I, I like to ask this question. I've asked chief. I've, I've asked captains. What are some of the things that you've seen change from when you were a junior in high school? And I'm sure it was. It started out that you wanted to be on the fire department because you know lights and sirens, the trucks, yeah. you know the adrenaline. You thought it was cool. I'm gonna be like dad, right? But that kind of changes a little bit when you actually see what we're actually doing and what we're about. But what are some of the stuff that you've seen in the firehouse, the people, the morale, the, the, the equipment? What are some things that stick out to you? It, when I got on, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was like the good old boys club, but it still kind of had the old timer vibe, which is fine. As we started getting newer people, you could see the morale would change. We've always been a family, but that family started to grow tighter, closer together. We'd always do stuff in the house or in the firehouse and outside and then we started reaching out to our community even more which i i eat that up i love it on summer days we've been going out a group of us take a truck out hand out popsicles to the kids go to the parks or kind of it's kind of like training for us we can send guys out just driving around be involved in the community not only are we going around learning the streets yes when we're when we're out in the community but <laughs> We're passing out popsicles to the kids. I yes. mean, this was pre-COVID, right? You know what yeah, I mean? Yes. COVID, COVID has changed. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it COVID, has changed. COVID has changed quite a bit on what we're able to do. But Halloween, uh, yes. we're, we're out. We're passing out glow sticks. And you're you're always there usually. Correct. Uh, one of the staples as far as guys that make themselves available to go out into the public and take a truck out, do... Uh, welcoming parades for the kids that are doing good with basketball or volleyball. Yes. Pass out popsicles, pass out glow sticks, or just simply drive by and honk. We did a lot of uh, the birthday parades. Yes. Uh, because of COVID. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's something that's never been done. That's no. Nobody's ever done any of that. But because of COVID, we had to do that to show, well, not to show, but more or less give some normalcy to mm-hmm. the community and to be that one thing that they can look forward to. You know, I think the fire service changed a lot with the COVID. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, going with the birthdays, that wasn't just fun for the kids. 
It was fun for us too. Absolutely. Uh, it got us doing something kind of semi-normal again. We got to be out in our community. Right. We weren't just answering calls. And, yeah. I mean, we had to dress differently. Our, our, the way we responded, I mean, we masks and different protocols that we had to take for different reasons. Yes. Though all those played a part in kind of changing our response, but be able to go out and park in front of somebody's house and get on the loudspeaker and say, happy birthday, hit the sirens and lights, and the kids come out and wave, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of offered up our connection to the community, even yeah. though we can't really interact like we normally did. Right. You know? So I, I think, yeah, that that's one of the coolest things that I know we did during COVID. Yes. You know? So now what about some of the tools that we have? Now we 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 change tools. I shouldn't say change. We we look for the best tools that we can find. Um, we hold fundraisers. Yes. We do mail drives. We we do a, a letter drive. A lot of different things. And those the money that we get for those donations is what buys or helps fund a lot of our equipment in a short period of time. And I shouldn't say short, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. five six years. You've seen equipment come in and leave mm-hmm. in that short period of time, and the technology changed amazingly. So what's some of the stuff that sticks out for you as far as some tools that we would use that have changed in the last few years? Uh, right off the back is our battery-operated spreaders, cutters, and rams. And now what are those? Really, it's what they sound like. Spreaders, you can put them in a car door, and it can spread the door apart. Cutters... They can cut through posts on the vehicle, and the rams are pretty much just pushers. So this is what somebody would call, I mean, people see us pull these out of the truck, they're looking at them as as the jaws of life, right? Yes. So spreaders, jaws of life. Right. So that's that's normally what uh, I guess you would say the community would look and say, oh, hey, you know, that's the jaws of life. We set them on the ground, that to them, the jaws of life. To us, it's a spreader, or it's a cutter, or it's a combo. Or it's a ram, you know, there, there's different uses. But they went from hydraulics. Yeah, with long hoses. At the time, they were the best. But now the hoses, they get in your way. The old tools are heavy now. These right. new battery-operated ones, they're lighter, more mobility. Right. And it's a lot harder to take the hydraulic tools from the driver's side of the vehicle <laughs> you're trying to get into. And, oh, we don't have enough hose, so you got to pick up everything, drag it all, all the way around. Now you can just say, hey, I need it, and they just hand it to you across the hood if they need to. Yes. It's a short walk around. There's nothing to tangle up. And these batteries last quite a, a long time. And the power in them, I mean. they're In my opinion, they're better than hydraulic. It, and really, it helps uh, put less pressure on positioning of the apparatus. Because if you hit, like one of our, our squad has pre-connected Jaws of Life on there. You can run a hydraulic hose, too. So you had to think, the officer and engineer had to think, where the best spot is. Am I 30 feet away, 50 feet away? Yeah. You know, am, am I going to be able to reach the other side? Am I too close? Cool. How's traffic coming in? That Just that one tool can change the scene that we're responding to because we're not limited on that 30 foot or 50 foot or 100 foot area. We, we can actually get stay further away to block traffic or we can get closer if we need to. Besides tools, the vehicles that I've seen coming in and out, uh, we started when I got on. We had just gotten our new tanker. So that was kind of like my first big thing I got to see. Well, I mean, if you stay stagnant and you continue to use the same old equipment. Now, we we have some older equipment. Yes. And we maintain it, we keep it, and we use it. But you want to always be within the right technology of the time. Yes. Because if you have the more dependable tanker or truck or engine 
or tool, if you will. The newer they are, the more dependable they are, the better the response, the better the care. Yes. And it seconds in, in what we do makes a huge difference. And I, I mean, mean seconds count every time we're on scene. Really, it's it's all for the community. Right. Everything we do is for them. And that's what's beautiful. We're volunteers and the community helps us fund the equipment that we're getting. Mm-hmm. So that way we can go back and use that same equipment to help them or their family member or their friends in this community or even outside of our community mutual aid areas. Yes. So it's kind of they're supporting us and we're supporting them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful little handshake that we have going on with the community because their support is absolutely amazing. I mean, without our community supporting us, I don't think we're, we're nothing. Absolutely. We, we cannot do it without our community. Right. And I don't, I don't care what anybody says to me. Couch community is the best community that I've ever seen in any one oh, of the areas because I mean we're from Couch, right? But <laughs> but we but honestly, I think that we we are so lucky and fortunate to have not just the people in town, but the people that are in the township. Everyone mm-hmm. comes together and helps us. Uh, pork yes. chops, our pork fest. I mean, again, was hit hard by COVID, and right, they still came out and showed us a ton of support. And we sold out in. If I remember right, 45 minutes? Yeah, I think 45 minutes to an hour. Right. We sold out. Normally, it's an all-day affair. Yeah. And they know, it seems like they know that, hey, you know, COVID's real bad and, you know, times are tough. We couldn't even have our pork fest. Mm -hmm. A lot of our community functions were put aside. All of our PR outreach for, like, going out and passing out the popsicles. Yep. Going out and passing out a little helmet, you know, because <laughs> uh, we see kids out playing. We've, we've done that. We, we stopped and get pictures with the fire truck. You just see kids out playing with their parents and, but hey, let's stop here real quick. Turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody wants to come see the truck. We can't really do that. Yep. You know, it, it changed. I mean, in Cal's, there there's like three Facebook pages for the town. And whenever someone posts about the fire department, it's always something good. And I read it, it gives me chills and yep. just a huge smile. And well, that's the other thing. These group, these Facebook groups that we have, they hear the sirens. Yes. They see the lights. They see us on scene. They know a lot of our citizens here in the community have a scanner. Yes. And they know when we're responding. And if you look at that Couch pages, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the names of them, <laughs> but if you look at these different pages, there's thoughts and prayers. Prayers yeah, every time. Um, hey, you know we're 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 thinking of these guys. You know these. You know, you come back to the station after a hard call, and you go on there. Yeah, some of it's comical. I'm not gonna lie. Some of it's pretty funny, but a lot of the time it hits you when you know. Wow, ten people said that their thoughts and prayers for not just us, but also for the person we're helping. You right. know, and they don't know who they are. It could be anybody. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times we've been out at a big fire or something where we've been out for hours and we'll get back and one of the churches donated pizza or one of the other community members have donated something for us. Oh, yeah, there's been a lot of times where we come back to the station and there's pizza yeah. sitting here. It's like, oh, yeah, the church brought it. Or, uh, I mean, when COVID started, we had people bringing us pies, cakes. Our, our next door neighbor, she was she was bringing us dinner just about every week. Yeah, I mean, you I, know. I don't think... Our community truly understands how much that is appreciated. Right. And that's kind of what this podcast is about. Right. We're wanting to introduce ourselves, um, what we do behind the scenes, if you will, and kind of give back as a thank you so that way they can hear us and they understand that, wait a minute, these these guys do 
we're getting support from everybody and <laughs> without it like you said before we we couldn't do the job that we do no i mean could we drive the truck sure could we go put the fire out absolutely will we have the, the necessary tools or the best tools to do that probably not no. the lights i mean we, everything yeah. maintenance it, it all it all is expensive you know and every bit and we're like i said we don't get paid every bit we get from the community if it's a dollar to five dollars to five hundred to fifty thousand and if you want the information for fifty thousand, let me know. <laughs> get it out there. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, you're right. We couldn't do what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to the maintenance, going back to the maintenance. After a call, any call where we come back, trucks are dirty or we're washing them. And I can't remember how long ago it was, but our chiefs would always say, "A clean truck is a happy truck." Absolutely. And that's the, I. I don't get me wrong, I slack on that sometimes, but I've always remembered that. Well, we've got a truck out on the bay that's almost 30 years, right around 30 years old, yep. and it still looks immaculate. Yeah. And we've really taken care of that. 7-Eleven, she's in 1995, the year I graduated, yeah. you know. That was the year before I was born. And well, now you're making me feel old. That's, <laughs> that's great. I appreciate it. But no, in, in all seriousness, we take care of the stuff we have. Yes. Because it's important. It's absolutely important. And- those are the tools we're using. We're not going to the grocery store with this stuff. Correct. We're going to the, to help people on their worst day. The, we're the last line that they have to get the help that they need mm-hmm. to get out of that, whatever that situation is that they're in. So it's important for us to have the right stuff, for it to work, for it to look good, not just for parades, but every day, every day. Right. And Chief is a pretty big stickler on that. We don't wash a truck. I don't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We've done it. We've walked away. And he come in the next day, and he's like, hey, what's up with this truck? You, you know, And we take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, there was a time back, was it was a year or two ago, where I was laid off. And it was probably 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. He started waxing on the trucks. So we waxed all night. All right, that's how much... I mean, he cares about these trucks. We Absolutely. all care about these trucks. Absolutely. Now, you joined when you was in high school. So, your mindset back then was, again, the coolness of things. Yes. Um, how it looked, what it represented to your friends and whatnot. Okay. And then, as you progress through the fire service, you're it's, wait a minute. I have more pride in the job that I do. I have pride in my community. Mm-hmm. I have pride that I'm helping people. And I take ownership of that by making sure that these tools are maintained, making sure my crews are ready and trained. I mean, you've done a lot of training. We do a lot of training. It could be Thursday night, a Monday night, a Sunday night. I mean, if guys want to get together and talk fire, we, we sit down and talk fire. We sit down and talk uh, medical calls. We do a lot of training. And, uh, it seems like it's nonstop. Right. And then we like to banter back and forth and <laughs> the leather and the tan on our helmets. And I mean, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot yeah. of fun with it. Do you see the fire service changing now? What direction do you see it going not just the fire service, maybe Couch Fire itself. Do you see a direction that it's going? I've seen it change since I've been on. And our chief right now is doing a great job. He's progressively changing our department, making it better. I don't see us going downhill anytime soon. As long as we can keep getting people through the door like him, this fire department will continue to be amazing. Absolutely. Now, you brought up getting people through the door. We've got 24 members right now, currently. Yes. We cover, uh, what, 54 miles. Correct. All that's on the new website, which has been out. i got to put the plug out there. But 
we have 24 guys and we're always looking for more. We're always looking for that next person to walk through that front door and take the reins, if you will. Yes. Our future relies on people coming in to help the community. We have a couple guys going through, well, we have one guy going through the academy right now. Correct. We had a few that just graduated and they went through vocational in the academy. Yes. You going through high school and the academy at the same time, was it hard to do? Was it worth doing? Or would you change anything and like say, no, nah, I'll just wait till I get out of school? I wouldn't change a single thing. The nights where I had academy on top of school, it was a little hard because I'd be out. But to me, every second was worth it. And you had to keep your homework up. Yeah. People at the firehouse are real strict on that. You got to maintain your, your grades, right? Yeah, that, that's that been talked about multiple times. With At the time, they were cadets because they were still in school. They were going through the academy class in Valpo, which I think that's great now. Oh, yeah. That Mac Center is top-notch, man. I would have loved to. That was, They established that after I'd already been through the academy. So I went over in St. John. Okay. Through their academy, which that was great. I love that one, too. Oh, so you went you went to St. John. Yeah. That, at the time, that was the only academy class. That that was the first one that would be starting up. And before they signed me up for it, they asked if I was okay with driving out there. I didn't hesitate. Well, to me, it was worth it. This is what I wanted to do. So I've got a, I've got a hard question for you. And that question is, what does Couch Fire itself mean <laughs> to you? Not only as your, you know, who you are, just a, a citizen, but as a, a lieutenant or a firefighter at Couch Fire. I mean, right off the bat, the first word that comes to mind is family. I, I think I said it earlier. This because we are a family here. Absolutely. And it gave me a sense of pride and ownership over everything I do here outside of work. Or out, not work, but outside of this place, we are held to a higher standard. I don't want to say we are held; we held, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to have a certain mindset to say, "Hey, I'm going to get up at two o'clock in the morning and jump into my cold car, <laughs> scrape the ice off the windshield if you're not in the garage, right?" Yes. And you know, driving driving down the road at two <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> done it many a times when I lived at home. You'd scrape off that little. One foot by one foot square. Right. You'd, you'd peek through there. Yep. Just to be here at 2 o'clock. It gets hard. Right. You get work all day. You come home. You get hour or two of sleep. And you get called out to go help someone. And you stay out all night. Yeah. And you got to go to work, you know. And it don't matter how much someone doesn't get any sleep around here. I've never heard one person complain about it. That's right. And that's the sense of commitment. And not just moral standard or higher mm-hmm. standard that you hold yourself to. It's not just what the public sees. It's what you have inside of you that's that drive that gets you to wake up when that tone goes off. We have apps on our phone. Mm-hmm. We have a pager that that goes off. Some guys carry radios, right. um, mainly the line officers. But it puts you in that I'm committed and you, you go and you get up and you take care of what you got to take care of. In order for you to want to help somebody, you got to be somebody that cares. Mm-hmm. And if you don't care about people, you're not going to be here, right? Right, exactly. With that being said, what do you look at in somebody that comes to the door that wants to join Cows Fire? 
What's that one thing that would set them apart instantly with you to where say, you know what, I'm, I like this guy or I like this this girl. Either way, I like this person. Like Chief said, character. Yes. Captain Salyer said communication is important. What is something that's important to you? I always ask them how long they plan on sticking around. If they're here for a short term, just to say they want to get on the paid department. If they're just wanting us to put them through the academy and give them a little start and then they'll leave in a couple of years. Or if they really want to help this community out, learn what we're all about. So you're looking at commitment. Yeah. So is this person going to be committed to the fire service? Correct. No matter if it's here at Couch or on a paid department, you're looking, is this person committed to helping somebody? Yes. So the willingness to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and scrape that ice off the windshield <laughs> like we've all experienced, the willingness to get up and, and come in and commit yourself to the firehouse is, is important. Exactly. That's not just coming at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's coming to all of our extracurricular activities. So like the parades for the basketball team, volleyball team, soccer team, whatever school team it is. So the willingness to be committed to the firehouse and to the firehouse family. Yes. Going back to when you're your rookie probe year, once you hit your one-year one mark, we have our one-year vote on you, whether we want to keep you or boot you off. Well, usually by that time, if we haven't booted you off, you're on. But uh, I remember one of the guys, we always had them stand up and tell us why they want to continue being on the apartment. Well, I remember one of the guys, he stood up and said, because his family... And he really didn't have much of that in the past. This place was just kind of calling to him. And it just makes you happy hearing that. We have a, a, such a tight group of guys. But yet, we welcome others to come in. Absolutely. And the interview process, yeah, it's, it's for you to be on the fire department and serve as a fireman and help the community. But it's also a way for us to say, yeah, we're going to accept you into our family. Mm -hmm. That's why we have the one-year probation. You make yourself available. You come in. You get to know us. You get to know our families. You get to know our friends. I mean, it extends beyond just the fire department. This is more than a job. It's absolutely more than a job. Mm -hmm. For a lot of guys, they get help here. Just being able to come to the firehouse, sit down around the little table we have out in the bay, and talking for two or three hours or maybe until 4 o'clock in the morning. It's happened. Yeah. Well, you and me, one Thursday night, we were both laid off from work. We stayed until 6 o'clock that morning, right? that Friday morning. Yeah. yeah. And my wife, she, <laughs> she don't mind. She don't mind. But she's like, oh, you and Lane are up there talking. Huh? Yeah, we're, we're at the firehouse. I mean, that's why you see cars out here all the time. You know, you, you see cars. You'd be one. If you sat over across from the firehouse and you see one car pull up and you see that car sitting there, within a half hour you're going to mm -hmm. see another. It's like we multiply. You know, oh, hey, somebody's at the firehouse. Let's stop in there. Well, it's funny you're saying that because I was coming home today. From getting groceries, and I saw you and someone else. I'm like, I'll stop by for a second, see what's going on. And then I drafted you into the podcast. Yeah, now I'm stuck here late at night. That's right. <laughs> now we talked about a little bit. Uh, we are volunteer. Again, we're volunteer. 100%. Yep, 100% volunteer fire department. We do get some money, right? Yes. I mean, at the end of the year, and what 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 it's considered is a reimbursement because we wear our clothes. Yes. We use our gas to get here. Sometimes our clothes. Our T-shirts, our pants, whatever it is, gets ruined in, in mm -hmm. the call, which that's just to be expected. Same so that's the game, right? So that's what that's that's for yes. is reimbursing, and it's never over five, five hundred, six hundred bucks. That's it. No. You know, 
yeah, volunteer, we do get some money, but it's a reimbursement. We exactly. don't we don't get anything. Our training is usually taken care of. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we help fund our own training if it's where four or five guys go take this seminar out in another state somewhere. You yes. know, we it's somewhat helped to be funded by the firehouse, but a lot of times the guys pick up that tab, you know, for a hotel, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. But with that being said, being a hundred percent volunteer, we have to have other jobs. So what do you do for a living? Like <laughs> you can't you can't be a volunteer, you know. You mentioned that you're laid off a few times. Can you explain that a little bit? I am a union operator. So you're out of local... 150. Local 150 union operator. Yep. And I love that job too. And in my opinion right now, I work with one of the best companies around. I'm treated great and they're they're working with me. They're willing to let me learn. And that's, what, awesome. it's, and that's what it's about. So, yes. And they understand that you're a fireman. Yes. We have the fireman protection, whatever. But most companies that we've worked through, I mean, you work out of a hall, local yes. 150. I work yep. out of local 41. It's a labor hall. Right. The companies that we, we don't always stay with the same company. Correct. But I have yet to run into one where I say, hey, I'm a volunteer fireman. There might be times that I'm on a call and I might be late. Mm-hmm. Usually, well, I shouldn't say usually. Every time I've said that, they've, they've been real supportive. Yes. Have you found that to be true for you? Yes. Fortunately, I've had to find that out very often. Uh, there was one day last year, for, or no, it wasn't even last year. It was two years ago for Pork Fest, the last actual time we had it. And they wanted me. And my dad was still on at the time to work that day. Well, we told him we had this for the fire department. Like, oh, okay, that's that's fine. They let us have that day off, which is awesome. That goes beyond our community mm-hmm. to receive support. We've got 24 guys on the department. Yes. All 24 of them. Well, minus one. That's Don. He's retired, right? Yeah. So, But all 24 of our guys, we'll just say it that way. We all have full-time jobs. Correct outside of the fire department, and to be able to collectively come together all at the same time, like pork fest, trainings, there's a lot of scheduling that goes on. We got guys in the mills. We got guys that work here in town. We've got guys that uh, work at NIPSCO. We've got guys that work at all different types of uh, professions, if you will. That's what really makes us a jack of all trades. Everyone brings something different to the table. And we've been pretty, really fortunate with our daytime calls having a captain in town. Another captain works at the mill, so he's on shift work. So with our schedule, it's been, we've been real lucky having people. We, we've got guys set up to where they're here during the day, and when those guys can't be here during the day, we have another fresh group of guys that are here mm-hmm. during the day. It seems like all the way our scheduling works and has worked out that we have coverage. Yeah. And, it, and it, I mean, there's times where we are short-staffed a little bit, but we have mutual aid. Correct. And they come in. But there hasn't been a time that I know of that we haven't been able to answer a call. No. I mean, it's and been very rare we've had to call mutual aid during the day for a medical call. So we're looking at 100 years of service, 100 years of uninterrupted. we got guys here to help. Back in 1921, they had a community that supported them just like we do in 2021, mm-hmm. if not more. I think our community now is probably more behind us than back then because oh, absolutely. they probably didn't understand a lot of the stuff that was happening. It was, uh, these guys were like frontiersmen, you know what I mean? They, they were leading the way into what we have now. Oh, 100%. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. 100 years is a long time, long time. Absolutely. I mean, back in the day when everyone on the fire department worked in town, 
they don't leave their jobs and come here. Right. Now we're we're more spread out. You right. One guy that works in town now. Yeah, back then you had guys like farmhands, you know, right here yeah. in town. They'd leave the field, run over, take care of it. Now we're in the mills. We're working in Lake County, Northern Lake County. We're exactly. working South, Porter County. We're working all over the place. Well, Lane, I appreciate you stopping in tonight and uh, letting me make you sit down and do the <laughs> podcast with me. It was good to talk with you and uh, kind of introduce you to the community. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Definitely we'll do it again if you made me. Oh, we're absolutely going to be doing this again. <laughs> we're going to be talking about different topics all the time. But hey, again, thanks. I appreciate it. Yep, thank you.